You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hey, what's going on, y'all? We back, politicking episode number two, season two. I'm joined by some awesome people, live Detroiters, Millennials in Action. That's our theme for today. We're just talking about what are millennials doing in Detroit, how we're setting our footprints, what are what can we do better? You know, so many questions that we can ask, but I think it's good for all of us to kind of talk about it. And so first, I just want to introduce who's joining me today. I'm so excited to be talking to y'all. A lot of great people at the table. Uh, first, I want to start out. My homegirl Jazz has joined us again. She is not a newcomer Ooh. to politicking. <laughs> Definitely was around for season one. Good to have you back, young lady. Yes, thanks for having me. <laughs> Uh, we also have my homie, Greg. Hey. <laughs> People don't even know I look up to Greg. Greg and I have been rapping forever. <laughs> he wow. act like he retired, but, you know, he's yeah. trying to get him back in the studio. Hello. I got jersey up. <laughs> <laughs> my homegirl, Days, just joining me. What's up, love? Hey. Roommate. All that, right? <laughs> we out here, business partner. We making moves. That's my manager, too, y'all. Y'all okay, don't even yeah. know it yet. Hit me up if y'all trying to rap or sing. I'm a manager. <laughs> That's me. I'm there. Next join, and I have my young... Um, she is just, like, awesome. I, I always want to say mentee, but she dang near my mentor at this point. Aww. Katie Cox out here living live hey. and lavish. <laughs> my fellow mentor, brother... Daner used to be my Uber driver before Uber <laughs> was even a thing. My Sean is in the building. What's going, What's on, going on, Pattison? What's going on? <laughs> One word, no spaces. You know what? <laughs> and last but not least, I have my homeboy Eric in the building. Eric is why I even became a podcast Detroit. Hello yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in this mug. So definitely shout out to Eric joining. What's Good up? What's up, you. y'all? And so. I mean, we're just going to jump into the dialogue. I never want to, like, do the small talk stuff because everybody at this table doing something awesome. Either got their own business, podcast, working with the youth. How do y'all feel about millennials in the city? Do y'all feel like everybody is really doing something? Because that's what it seemed like. I feel like we all are kind of in spaces and places that I think we are next to us. Yeah, I think we are. I think millennials, we are about that action. Like, we definitely, when we got a cause, we got something we put in our minds to, we're going to do it. Um, I think we need to do a better job of coming together and using our thoughts collectively and our ideas collectively to get things done. But again, I think everybody here who is a millennial has something they want to do. Uh, they want to make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? How y'all feeling? Oh, yeah. Um, same thing he said, piggybacking off him. Like millennials are where it's at right now. Like everybody's finding something they want to do. That's their passion. That's their drive instead of following someone else's passion or drive. At the same time, though, I think with that, it's a lot of direction and guidance missing because it's a lot of millennials out here trying to build their own, but they don't have any people before them that did it. So they don't know where to go to actually get things started or how right. they should be doing things. It's like right. we start from scratch. Right. That's how I feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so it's a whole lot of trial and error with that. Like, because mm-hmm. um, I, I can definitely speak on that on that piece just from my own experience of not seeing anyone as I was growing up that had their own business or, you know, they had their own thing going and knowing that that was something that I kind of wanted to go into Mm -hmm. since I was younger. Mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to do something like that and and be an entrepreneur, uh, even before I knew what the word meant. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's it's a lot of trial and error with it. Oh yeah. Something I've always noticed was a lot of millennials, they don't allow jobs to hold them back. So like when a job is stressing us out, we will leave. Mm -hmm. We're not going to be stressed out by a job. We'll find something else to do. And that's something I really admire from millennials and people our age. Older generation think we crazy. Yeah. My, 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 my grandparents think they job. Yeah. So like, do you got a job? I'm like, yes, I got a job. It's flexible. We do, we do outwork. You in the field. What's the field? Like, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. And then speaking on stress, I think a lot of millennials are really a good advocate of mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, we really want to take care of trauma that's probably trickulated throughout our family, throughout our years, our history. We're getting to know ourselves, you know what I'm saying, and become a lot more um, entwined with who we really are. And we take better care of ourselves, and I would say that's yeah. something I've noticed as well. I think on that point, too, I think we care about helping people yeah. Yeah. more than yeah. any other generation. It's all about giving back and sort of serving the community yes, in our own ways. And I think that's a that's something that's very, you know, admirable about us. I think um, – it's always that service to others that kind of just drives what we do. Yes, I care. Okay. <laughs> but um, I really think that millennials, we have 
a great position right now. Mm-hmm. So we're not the youngest in the group right now, mm-hmm. and we're not the oldest. Mm-hmm. So we have the expectation to pay it forward, but we also have to look to our elders for help. So sometimes it's not always about recreating something mm-hmm. or starting from scratch, but it's building upon things and making it better we can revamp it Mm -hmm. and i definitely hear that like that whole generational thing i remember one of the hardest things when i was you know developing kinship and i had like the business strategist really talking to me and it was just like what's your target audience because you know we so one thing i love about millennials is i don't feel like we stick in a box we always challenging a norm and so for me it's like what you mean what's my target intergenerational is my (laughs) target (laughs) i want to hit the home you know what i'm saying but i think that's so important because a lot of times old heads just believe like we don't want that support, but we really mm-hmm. seeking it. We really hungry right. for it. Exactly. I really want you right. to sit down and just tell me how to do it so I ain't got to go read that book and mm-hmm. do it myself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we just have to drive to get it done. It's yeah. like if it was set out, we would love that. Like, yeah. Thank you right. so much. Yeah. But we kind of get left with a lot of mistakes and things that kind of happened before us, especially with the from the generation before us. Mm-hmm. And then we're cleaning up other messes, and then we're also trying to start. So that's why we're feeling like we're starting from scratch. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because it, it does feel that way. Yeah. I mean, you know? honestly, the traditional system that our parents and grandparents grew up in doesn't work for us. Like, we're not going to be working, you know, nine to five for the rest of our lives. Right. Right. Plus, in the same job, you know? Right. I, I just think that we at this point where we, we want something more out of life yeah. and we're not going to just sit by and let life sort of take its course and us just be mm-hmm. a part of it. Um, and that's my, that was the reason why I started the, the organizations I started, you know, why I'm sort of like pushing myself to do things that's going to further my life and sort of better people in the process. Mm-hmm. I do want to do a little pitch real quick because I don't even think y'all all know. We all like <laughs> MSU folks. Yeah, like we right. all from right. state. Y'all ain't even be like, go yeah. green. Don't yeah. worry. Yeah. We got that game at 745 today. All right. Just Smart throwing nation. that out there. Hello. Oh, yes. And we have a past birthday that just happened. Happy belated birthday, Katie. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. I'm out here to sing a rapper. Go ahead. <laughs> got your producer in here. Birthday freestyle. But yeah, so... One of the things, we get a lot of pushback, y'all, from the older generation. So I do want to have a little bit of conversation around that because they do look at us as like, y'all wildfire. Y'all just all over the place. They don't think What's that we really got it. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with it? But, like, how do y'all feel about that? And do y'all think we can change that? Like, can we, how can we make the older generation know, one, that we really have their best interests? You know what I'm saying? Like, we really just trying to better the environments in which we were put in or placed in because now we're past a lot of the challenges that they had. And so, like, how can we approach that conversation? Like, how can we get them on board? Because that's one of the biggest things that I think is important. Well, I would say that our grind, our passion, Mm -hmm. sometimes your work speaks for itself. Mm -hmm. So just showing that you're dedicated Mm -hmm. to what you're doing and you're passionate to me, is the biggest thing that you can do to them. You mm-hmm. could say all day, oh, I want to do this, that, and the third. But until you're about action, mm-hmm. right. anything yeah. you say is unbelievable. Yeah. I agree. I was going to say you have to show them. that They seem very results-oriented. So mm-hmm. we have to show them that we're able to get this done. Because I know when I had before I had my organization, it was just a registered student organization. And I always wanted to turn it into a nonprofit. And once I graduated, I was slacking, just working, and not really focused on my own goals. And my mom was like, you're tripping. Like, you need to do this, and I want to see you get it done. And after that, I was like, okay, bet. So you really... Yeah. You have to show them like you're able to get this done. Shout out to my miss her. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she miss you too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think even though it is results driven, I don't think it's a way you can kind of change their mind. Gotcha. I mean, Period. like mm-hmm. the fear that's, that's the there, way. especially for a lot of us millennials, we have freedoms yeah. that they didn't have. Yeah. Right. Just mm-hmm. something as simple as is not having kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when you have a job and then your health insurance is gone when you quit and things like that, that's a fear. Not just for them, they're for you. Like, you still have to take care of this child. So, I mean, I think we take a lot of jumps that they just weren't ready to take. Mm -hmm. But right now is the best time. And it's Mm -hmm. never going to get fixed if you don't start taking action. Mm -hmm. So, same thing she said. You got to take action. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think it's no one's job to convince anyone anything. Like she said, I just feel like the work speaks for itself. And the, then the results, they're going to be there even if they take a little longer. Right. Even if you're not on the same pace as someone else. Because a lot of times we're we're looking at someone else's plate and like, okay, well, she's doing this. I need to be doing this. Mm-hmm. He's doing that. And I, I just think that as long as you, you keep doing and what, you're, what you you know said you set out to do, I think you'll be fine. And then eventually they'll, they'll look up and say, hey, 
Look at that. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, and you like... And I'm pushing that because it's just like, I had these conversations like, I'm no... My family, like, I'm, I'm hard. Like, you know, <laughs> we need to talk. We need to collaborate. We need to do more together. And I just yeah. think sometimes... It helps us not to bump our heads mm-hmm. when we have elders. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And I think, and not probably speaking to this table, because I think that we come from a different perspective. We all have some type of mentor mm-hmm. or somebody older in our life that's helped us or poured into us. <laughs> but for a lot of people, some of us, I, some of us that's true. <laughs> but for a lot of millennials, it's like we think we know it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we don't. And it's like history can repeat itself yeah. it don't matter how much bread we get yes. how much land you know like we not learning from the past and i think just not collaborating with our elders in certain instances can be a pitfall yeah. and it can really yeah. like destroy all that we're working to build you know i'm all about building community together right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so just thinking about that like um i think it's gonna be so important so let's shift gears a little bit what do y'all think some challenges for the millennials are like as far as because one of the big things for me is generational wealth. We talked a little bit about that on the first episode, just about what that looks like. And we're really starting from scratch. Yeah. I mean, for some people, it's a little bit easier than others or better They in a different space. But thinking about Detroit and like all that's coming, like no shade, but I sit next to, you know, young white millennials who got it together. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm just right. like, and you own that building, like what you mean, bro? Like, or you don't pay no rent? How? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm blessed to have that because I was able to inherit my grandparents' property. But it's like this is how they living, mm-hmm. and it's harder for us to live like that. What do y'all think? Some real big challenges for us in just moving forward or pushing, you know, the pedal to the metal. I think personally, we have an issue with um, with understanding and sort of identifying what success looks like. I think for us, we look at the end product what people put, put on social media the success that they get, they capture without looking at the hard work that had to go mm-hmm. into it so you got people starting businesses you got people doing things without actually truly putting that time into it mm-hmm. right so a lot of times it fails because they just they think it's once i start this business and create this facebook page and uh create this uh website that's it that's not it yeah, yeah. you just started yeah. right yeah. Just exactly. a long way to go yeah. a long way Another, a lot of money to lose, too. <laughs> a lot of money. Okay. Another issue that I see is uh, we have a hard time staying focused on one yes. thing to try to perfect that one thing yes. first. Right? We're so yes. focused That's on something. trying to have seven to ten incomes and, mm-hmm. you know, trying to do – we have all these different ideas that, that will come out. Oh, we can do this and I'm going to do this or I'm going to start this business and I'm going to offer X, Y, and Z. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then you want to – add more to it. Like I can do this with it. I can also do this with it. Mm-hmm. Instead of just focusing on one thing, one perfecting that one thing, you yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then you move on mm-hmm. from there. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I say something that I observed was fostering professional relationships because we're always, like, getting support from our friends and family. I think we need to focus on more so, well, personally for me, I think I need to focus on fostering more professional relationships with people because, for the most part, a lot of people that I meet professionally, they either become my friend or we stop talking. So I need to work on fostering those relationships and maintaining those, you know, connections with people. Mm-hmm. I would say the biggest thing, um, especially for me, I would take ownership of this is fear. A lot of us are afraid to step outside of our comfort zones. We're afraid to ask for help. We're afraid to take that step. And until we can identify our fears and overcome them, we're going to be stuck in a box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I hate to sound like a broken record, but it go back to the direction and guidance. Just like having, uh, for example, I don't specifically agree with college, but the networking there, mm-hmm. being around that yeah, many that minds, yeah, and the avenues, <laughs> like, I don't want it to seem like it's a right path because there's no right way to do mm-hmm. anything. But sometimes you just need to see other roads, other avenues to know if this fits with you or if you need to make something completely new. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's pretty much how I got into uh, education and tutoring and youth and development. Um, I really saw the need for mentors and still do. So if anyone's interested, (laughs) you know, um, especially working throughout DPS. So, you know, I'm from Detroit. And so I was like, I'm going to stay in the city. Like, that's really where I see the problem. Um, I see a lot of millennials having children that they're really just not prepared to have. And that I feel like is a huge challenge because it becomes a financial burden um, when you have, you know, certain things that are priority. Um, and then you don't have the guidance and the um, you know, the help and everything. You know, like you're just struggling. So like, where do you start? So I think that 
once we kind of get a put a cap on, you know, our chaoticness because we can be a little wild, which is nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we need to, you know, mm-hmm. pull it back some, think about what we're doing a little. Um, I think that would help uh, the millennials kind of change the direction, which I still I still think we are changing our direction of parents mm-hmm. in the household, you know, how things are, oh, sorry, being broke up or being brought up, excuse me. So I, I do want to add to who here, like, still deals with, like, imposter syndrome? Is oh, anybody? my gosh. I have that so bad. It's yeah. not even funny. Like, said, what's imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome? Yeah. yeah. I don't think I've heard that. So, basically, like, that you, you aren't capable of doing something, right? Oh, okay. So, okay. you go into a space where it's a working environment, and then you feel like you don't belong there, mm-hmm. although you just have the skills. You got the skills. Uh, you got the talent. It's just like you're, per- like you're holding yourself back. Right. <laughs> I think we deal with that as a, as a generation. I think mm-hmm. that we undervalue ourselves. Um we bring more to the table than people think we do. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we sort of like, we self-sabotage to an extent. Because yeah. we're like, oh, we, we, I'm young. I still can't do it. You know, yeah. I need more money. Piggybacking off that, like even Fortune 500 companies, you'll go places and see unprofessionalism mm-hmm. and then mimic it because you see yeah. them get away with it. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. they have the resources to get away with it. Mm-hmm. You don't. Yeah. You need to outweigh them in every form and facet mm-hmm. of the game. I'm glad you brought that up because I was about to segue into this because this is something professionally that I have dealt with since I graduated. It's this idea, exactly what you're saying. Because I'm young, I feel like I don't bring enough to the table. So I, I undervalue myself in the workspace. Mm-hmm. But now, your girl master. You hear right. me? Yeah. And I'm sitting here looking. And even with certain conversations that I have with people that I've seen, it's like, we dang near be on the same page mm-hmm. with these oh, with the older, older generation. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so what I found is my lack of mentorship or even help or being poured into specifically black women, I would mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. I've struggled with because I feel like they see me more as competition mm-hmm. than they see me as, as just a somebody, a sister trying to grow and build in mm-hmm. these workplaces. Mm-hmm. Do y'all deal with that? And specifically yeah. black yes. men, I wonder, do y'all deal with it? <laughs> like, yeah, that's you know, I feel like black men are just so much more subtle than black men. But to an extent, though, in the academic realm, like for me, I'm finishing my doctorate. And I'm the youngest by far, one of the only black men in the program by far. And so it's almost sort of to to an extent where you feel that you got to kind of fight to open up some doors because Mm -hmm. they don't really want to let you in all the way Mm -hmm. to an extent. Um, And so, yeah, I do kind of face the same issues. And like the black men who are in those positions who I can sort of look to as mentors, it's like, again, we're competing for resources. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I I can see that, too. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody Um, else feel like they deal with that? Or is that an isolated situation? Definitely. Um, To an extent, it's just, it goes back to support. Like, a lot of times, you don't know how to support Mm -hmm. somebody that's doing something in the same avenue as you. Mm -hmm. Or even just something as similar as entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. We both are entrepreneurs. We feel like we're competing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just genuine. Like, Mm -hmm. instead of posting, hey, my man's got to show out support. If it was Jay-Z, you'd be like, oh, fire concert, got to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Support your mans like that. Yeah. Say it right. just like that. Don't right. say, my bro- no, it's fire. I like this. You should listen to it, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the genuine part of it. Yeah. Um, I just feel like in the workplace, I don't know. I just, I'm not sure. I it's just, just a like, weird space. It's a me. weird space. <laughs> I was going to say that because it's, it's like weird. if you, if all you my job. especially being a black woman, if you got a body, you got to keep it covered. Mm-hmm. If you're oh, pretty, yeah. you got to watch <laughs> what women in down. the office or what's, <laughs> mm-hmm. what she's saying around the corner mm-hmm. or who you secretly might have slept with. It'd be so much <laughs> stuff going on in the workplace. So it's it's definitely a place of like where you feel like fear. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, I don't, I don't want to come off like this. And then also... Who I am and professional me might not be the same person. Right. Yeah. <laughs> She's out here <laughs> I just want people to know that because yeah. I think, you know, we get it. We see so, certain people in a light and we're like, oh, that's who they are. Mm-hmm. And then you see them somewhere else and you're like, what? And it's like, mm-hmm. I just had a cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely, I, I feel imposter syndrome pretty often. Like I've had amazing internships, and I'm like, oh, they must have like accepted me by mistake, or like I slipped through the cracks or something. So her White White House, right? And that's the, that's the internship where I was like, did they mean to accept me? Like I was competing against five other people at my school, and I was the only one who got the internship. So I was like, no, that was God. Yeah, right. okay. sure, but that was for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we're talking about other people who 
like quit their jobs to come and do this internship full grown teachers and I was only like a junior or sophomore in college so wow. I was just like that's beautiful okay mm-hmm. maybe I need to chill but mm-hmm. I definitely struggle with imposter syndrome still to this day mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think everybody should take like uh, should have a sales job at some point in their life because you're always selling yourself yeah always no matter where you are your friendship work you're always selling yourself mm-hmm. so you have to learn how to take things that might not sound valuable and make them sound like the most Hit valuable the thing ever all right now um so let's just shift gears a little bit again what are what are we doing well what are millennials out here just killing the game and i want to know like we did that i want to know how y'all feel we killing the game for sure. We are. <laughs> we're killing the game for sure. I mean, home ownership. Yes. yes. Let's say, like you say, like we're t- we're we're creating money. Like, let's mm-hmm. be real. Sometimes we're just like Still with an idea, and we're like, point. this idea <laughs> is about to change my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're going like, what's the guy that did the the Drake dance and like, oh, Shiggy. Yeah, got like a million dollars. Like, we're doing like small things. Innovative. And Innovative things, like, yeah, so we're doing the damn thing. Shout out to us. <laughs> and, yeah, we got problems, and who don't, though? Right. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yes, we we're, we're, we have things to work on, but we're perfecting it. Yeah. And that's what yeah. I love about millennials. Like, we're like, okay, yeah, we got some mistakes. We'll work on it. Mm-hmm. And we are, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. I say we are pulling in a lot of resources. Like mm-hmm. people see potential in us, and I think that a lot of people are investing in millennials, especially millennials in the city that are doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's one thing we're good at—just pulling in some resources. Mm-hmm. I know we're not afraid to try different things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, uh, with, with in my field, I'm an accountant, so I help a lot of people in Detroit start their business, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm there from the start all the way up until they want to sell it. Period. You know, so, <laughs> so I see that I see that a lot, and people come in with their ideas, and they come in with, "Hey, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to start. This is what I find. Um, I think the city would need or whatnot." And I help them put the, put it together, and mm-hmm. I can see that they're actually going to put the effort into it. They're actually going to put the action behind it um, mm-hmm. that was mentioned before. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I think millenniums are doing a really good job of not just planning, but actually mm-hmm. doing the action mm-hmm. part behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would add that we we value social capital just as much as financial capital, mm-hmm. right? And I think <laughs> I think social capital social is, capital word. Yes, word. For the definition. Word of the word. Right. So, social capital is just as important. It's about sort of what you bring to the table in terms of networks and who you're connected with, mm-hmm. um, because that that supports you financially as well. Mm-hmm. So yes, having absolutely. situations like this where we get together and sort of sharing ideas, we don't know who we're connecting with in the room, right? right? And what what we can bring to the table. And I think that our generation has done that better because we have access to a wider platform just through social media just yeah. through mm-hmm. like, you can literally like slide into like a celebrity's dms and be like hey they might respond they might yeah, respond absolutely. like i got this thing going on in detroit and they may respond so that that opens up a whole nother like level mm-hmm. for you in your Especially business if you pitch it well yeah, yeah. for sure mm-hmm. and piggybacking off them too but I always say it's power and people not money if you got all the money and no people yeah. Yeah. What you gonna yeah. do? Yeah. And you know the city of Detroit, <laughs> guys. Oh, yeah. 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 That yeah. can get a little questionable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know but a whole lot of people with money. Yeah. <laughs> right. They can't start no problems. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. But off the diversity too, like we we find markets, mm-hmm. like markets that you didn't even think existed. Mm-hmm. You you hear a person tell you about a business that you never even thought of, and you're like, wow, mm-hmm. like that's mm-hmm. dope. And Absolutely. we capitalize off. And they prospering off of it too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Can think of that. Like I said, I think that's it's just dope to like just have an idea just out of nowhere and just create like monetary, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. compensation from this idea or to create a business and just like out your mind literally Mm -hmm. and just Mm -hmm. toss it out there. And now you're like a multi-million dollar business. Like, I don't think like we're not running around getting patents for for anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's so different. Like we can be this day today and someone else tomorrow. Like, one thing I really like about millennials, I think, like, we challenge what's supposedly truth now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, and we really in an age of, like, information is so valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can find so much on this little device we got. Like, this is literally a walk-in whatever we want right. it to be. Mm-hmm. A computer. And it's crazy because, it's like things that were taught to us like things that we learned in school had to take an exam for 
and they was wrong <laughs> yeah. as hell. And now we're like bringing that to light, and I think that's so important because it also changes mm-hmm. the trajectory of what our future and what mm-hmm. the future for the future looks like. Mm-hmm. Because we're able to bring light to stuff that's really been bull all these years. You know what I'm saying? And that's tra- traditional education doesn't allow you to challenge mm-hmm. at all these, these ideas, right? It's sort of like all right. You're going to learn this, regurgitate it back, right. and that's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. You didn't get, I think it was probably until college where you actually had a discussion around an issue, right? We can actually bring your own self to the table. But you don't see that in K-12. And that's an issue where we see our kids, our young kids being indoctrinated into the system. Mm-hmm. And so we got to change that as well. That's yes. going to be key. Absolutely. I say we always, well, I always look for more information. Like, I'm always on Google, like, what is blah blah blah? Like I will research literally anything, and I'm I'm sure I'm not the only person that does that. But I will say a lot of millennials are very like research, you know, based. They like to look up information because you're not gonna tell me my opinion is wrong without me knowing the facts to prove that you're right or you're wrong. So, mm-hmm. period. Yeah. I do got a uh, <laughs> question for y'all: Are millennials leading this cancel culture? Cause I hate it, and I want to know <laughs> who's leading myself. the cancel culture. Is it us? I don't like. Know, I don't know. But I, I don't you know who? I, my playlist. So. I'm definitely going to say it's Generation Z. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're not aware enough. I mean, that's why I think that is them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they know what they're doing. Um, I don't like cancel culture at all. But um, I, so I can't tell you. Let me not. Let me not lie. I find out it's a millennial. I'm what very mad at you. What does mean though? Like, is that like the lazy social media way to protest now? Because I mean, that's been. I haven't really been saying much of that anymore. But. What exactly does cancel? The cancel culture like, is like us getting be, behind stuff so quickly, and okay. it's like you do wrong one thing in this world. Now it's cancel. like we yeah. off you. I, I, kinda, <laughs> I like it to a certain degree, though. <laughs> yeah, because it shows solidarity, and that's something we often don't have. Mm-hmm. Even though we might be trying to ban or cancel something, mm-hmm. people are sticking together. Mm-hmm. So how do we? Use this for something else. Yeah. How do we yeah. use this for something positive? Yeah, we want R. Kelly off the radio. Okay, <laughs> how can we get more money for our schools or yeah. get I more agree. money for our housing? Mm-hmm. You know, problem. So, press the bell on all. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to we need to put the cancel culture energy in a different space. Yes. But we also need to be consistent because yes. even with our canceling, we only canceling you for two seconds, right? And then all of a sudden, I'm at the Super Bowl <laughs> yeah. party and we playing right. R. Kelly. Who I thought you was <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I shouldn't put this song on my playlist. Okay, okay, I'll take it off. I did turn Like, I don't know who's leading it, but I feel like it's, like, everybody don't research like you do. For example, the Momo thing that came out, and everybody was retweeting it. Like, my kids saw it, and it's real. And it was like, it's not. (laughs) You just lied on your kids. I didn't even believe it. They didn't even know about it. My cousin didn't know about it until the viral tweet. Like, it was all on the news. Like, we wasn't even watching that. None, None of our, I mean, none of my siblings came across it, but... I think we're too sensitive. Everything is yeah. too I sensitive. I think you gotta watch what you say nowadays. I think to an extent, though, I, if someone does something that's deliberately either racist or, or just out of the norm, we should hold them accountable. Call, yeah, right? yes. you gotta call it out. I think For it's sure. a difference between holding someone accountable and basically canceling. Because if that's the case, we can cancel ourselves for a lot of things that <laughs> we've done. That's how I feel. I'm not an angel, you know. But yeah, but you, but you also, you know, I feel like we end up at least forgiving ourselves mm-hmm. for being, you know, what that was. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I don't think, like, I feel like it's kind of like equivalent to, like, Jesus on the cross, like, or stoning someone. Like, how do we get to cancel someone? Yeah. Who are right. we? Right. Right. Like, yeah. it just, that drives me crazy. But yeah. I do understand the accountability. That's why I kind of just sit back and be like, eh. <laughs> What really confused me <laughs> in that specific scenario was we were just on mental health. Yes. Like, we were yes. just talking about it, and nobody for one second considered this man needs help. Exactly. Yeah. Like, or that he'd been through something yeah. himself, and it's like, okay, we're going to, can- I under I do understand I have a little sister same age. Mm-hmm. I mean, and like I say, I go through the same thing. Like, I don't. It's but a- it's, it's, it's somewhat, we're stuck between this fine line between, Okay, let's educate you, and okay, this is something you should know already. Like, we don't need to, we shouldn't have to teach you this, but we will. So I think it's it's kind of balancing and knowing how to differentiate mm-hmm. when a situation is something you should already know. Now we're holding you accountable, mm-hmm. or this is a learning moment for, or a teaching a teaching moment for you. So, mm-hmm. so with um, the boycott or 
strike against Gucci count mm-hmm. as an education moment? It's or a strike against co- Gucci? Have <laughs> 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 you missed the whole Gucci thing? Oh, <laughs> y'all know. I don't have Instagram. <laughs> oh, yeah, they had so a show with the lips or something yeah. like that. Yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. I they had the turtlenecks with the lips on it, but it was like, it was black face. I was just weird. playing some Gucci. So I think I'm, I'm No, some, not Gucci. The clothing oh, line. Gucci. Oh, oh, Gucci. No, Gucci. 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 True. We eating it again. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Like we wouldn't have lasted during the bus boy. I mean, during the bus. No, boy not at all. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, what boy? What boycott? I'm like, I want to be that was two Black weeks Panther. ago. Our little badass would have been telling Rosa like, it's fun back here. <laughs> <laughs> we love the back of the bus. Like we crazy. Like, <laughs> but what's what's the statute of limitations on a on a um a situation like the guy in um, Virginia, the governor? That happened what thirty years ago. So was there like a limitation on on who you can cancel? Give, give more. Give like for instance, all right. So with, so with yeah. the Virginia governor who had the blackface um, picture in a yearbook, it came out to like now, but that happened like yeah. back in eight, 1982 right. or something like that, yeah. right? So is it fair to to sort of reprimand? Yeah. That? Yeah. Or exactly. that? I have exactly. a question how, about how that how though. That out? Isn't his wife the same person that was passing out cotton? To the uh, people that were coming to visit his plantation home, so that's why oh. the cancellation came. I missed that. I missed yes. that too. Yeah. See, that's why I need a full cancellation package. <laughs> you need the list. All right, names. I need, I need y'all to pictures. break it down. Who, who was canceled in 2019? But that's how it came about. His wife um, mm. was supposed to give a tour to interns and different staff that were coming in. And she passed out cotton as a souvenir. Okay. Mm. So then what? that's when the whole blackface like, we about to do came back out. Yeah. Right, let's did, did anybody this out. look at the cotton and say, what the <laughs> f*** is this? <laughs> did anybody? Not. I'm not I would have sure. been like, why are you giving us this? Yes, I would have right. just be been funny. so confused. So y'all reaction was different. You know, it's real. It. It's real hard. Or was it going to fly? It's cotton. Because it's like, we sitting here thinking about... This whole idea of time limit. And I do feel like in this age, people just like to do stuff for attention. Mm-hmm. Like, right, we be right. wanting mm-hmm. to get some plug of time so we mm-hmm. can just put somebody out there. It's like mm-hmm. we just love pointing the finger. And I don't think that's a millennial thing. I think that's a times thing. Yeah, and because is. we live in so in fake news, we yeah. don't know what to believe. I'll be sitting there like, I need to wait at least three weeks right. to see even how this story unfolds these true. days. Yeah. My biggest true. gripe with it is is when it's against our own. Like, mm-hmm. we're yeah. promoting our own demise. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. when the R. Kelly thing came out and we all watched it, it instantly created the Michael Jackson one. Because mm-hmm. oh. like, we're promoting yeah. our own. Yeah. I'm a big believer in you back up your own in front of people and yeah, then at and home private. you fix it mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. it's like we got your other back cultures deal exactly. with that problem. yeah exactly. yeah you I mean, definitely don't see white folks throwing a catholic church on the being like <laughs> we're my whole okay thing. like because yeah. we got a whole and i watched yeah. the r kelly mm-hmm. it was like I, I mean but it was our culture you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying mm-hmm. like so it was like wow mm-hmm. and then like i said when i heard michael jackson was coming out i was like like what what? Like, he's not even here anymore to even, you know, yeah. to take yeah. up for, yeah. his, for itself. It's so, that's disappointing. But mm-hmm. with the Michael Jackson, it was already coming out. So, yeah, R. Kelly came out first. Mm-hmm. It's not like okay. they was like, okay, two weeks later, we're going to throw out Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Right. It was already in the works. But they knew it was sale. They, they knew it was sale. <laughs> yeah. But then my question is, how do you guys feel about Oprah going in and interviewing the cast oh, yeah, from that's how I found out. She, she's trying that's to say relevant. Oprah did what now? Oprah oh. did an interview with them after it came out Ooh. to discuss she the whole missed. issue. Yeah. With who? The she the brain underground back. Uh, Michael Jackson. Jackson. Right, seriously. <laughs> she did an HBO special at that. Yeah, she did her channel. That's how I found out about it. I didn't even know anything about this this movie coming out until I seen her. I'm like, what is Oprah talking about? And then I seen it never ever like Hold up. I know this ain't what I think it is. So, yeah. I mean, for me, first of all, because it was even Oprah during the interview, I'm like, it opened my eyes a little more. That's what they wanted. I don't think we like Oprah. I'm not really worried about Oprah. I think about Oprah. 
I think we I think <laughs> it's harder for us to do the public and private thing because we get exploited by different people. Like yeah. we don't it's not when it's something in the Catholic Church is more is mainly the people in the Catholic Church that just decided to say something. It's not mm-hmm. oh we had an outsider who decided to, you know, they said came and saw something and then they say something. It's more so like with the black community, it's people from all different angles that are, you know, coming into our community, finding stuff out, and then we get exploited for different stuff, like with the Michael Jackson thing. I'm not really trying to make it a race thing, but I saw a white man, like, accusing him of this stuff, not to say that he's right or wrong, but mm-hmm. I just feel like we get exploited by more than just our own people. So mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. hard to say let's do this in private or let's do this in public when everybody know our business. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. That's more the reason I feel like we need to stick together. Like, yeah. why is our biggest celerity moment solid? <laughs> I can't say that right now. <laughs> Solidarity <laughs> moment Solidarity. between the cancel culture. Mm-hmm. Like, why is it nothing positive that we united Absolutely. around? Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. we competing against each other, like you said. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's a great segue to our next question, millennials. <laughs> Let's go. How, okay. What is our challenge? Okay, so we kind of talked about the challenge. How can we, what, where does our promise lie as millennials? What what should we be focused on? Like, because we have so much. I mean, we just said it. Like, we out here challenging norms. We're bringing identity to truth in a time where we got nothing but fake news. We have so much access between social media and Helping just. the community. That's the main. That should be everybody's main goal. And what and, does that look like, Katie? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I was raised on, like, giving back, volunteering, community service. Like, that was my mom didn't let every day of the week. That's something I had to do. Nothing I really did was paid until, like, I got to college. So mm-hmm. um, it could be it can come in many different forms. Some people consider labor to be their, their way of community service. But I want to know that I help somebody in their life. Like, mm-hmm. I mentally help someone or emotionally help someone. Or just contributed to somebody that they could, you know, later down the line they can remember something I told them, or they could use something I told them, and you know that that helps or enhance their life. So I think a lot of people need to focus on just giving back, community service. Like you will get it tenfold. It's kind of like if you give tithes in church, if you can do that, you you should be able to do community service. So I just want to play a devil's advocate, but if I've never had anyone help me, mm-hmm. I feel like the world is against me. How am I supposed to be a person that's willing to do community service or help others? Yeah, um, I, it's really hard to try to get. Sometimes those are the people you probably need to mentor because you can tell when people feel like that without even having to have a conversation with them. Mm-hmm. But those are the people that you need to, like, focus on, like, mentoring and bringing them up because other people are around them. They can see that they mm-hmm. have that type of mindset. And I think that's where your community service should come mm-hmm. into play by helping that person and, you know, showing them the ropes of giving back. And you feel good as a person when you do it. So I think once right. they try it, they will obviously continue to do it. They just need that first step. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I feel like um, it's not all about just helping someone else, you mm-hmm. know, what I mean, or helping helping those people like how you were, how mm-hmm. you were saying um, you feel better about yourself mm-hmm. when you do something and you see mm-hmm. someone did great based off some information you gave them or mm-hmm. something that you helped them with. And I didn't notice that until college when I became a tutor and I was mm-hmm. helping people with, you know, with the math and. You know, they come back with their grades and stuff and are excited that they passed the class. That feeling was greater than mm-hmm. the feeling of either getting a big check from yeah. a client. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and I think that's what kind of helped me uh, to continue to want to help more people. Mm-hmm. You know, and the more people I help, I feel like in terms of like if you're just t- thinking of the word success, the definition, in my opinion, is you're, is measured by the amount of people you're able mm-hmm. to help become successful. Because if you fall off, so. they all of these people that you've poured into, they're not going to let you, you know. I mean, not they're not going to just take care of you. But, you know, people come back in a lot of different ways. And when you, you're able to plant that seed into multiple people, I don't see anything bad happening to that person who planted those seeds. Like, somebody is going to catch you before you fall. Period. Shout out to Marshawn. <laughs> Marshawn, the reason why I even started organization not a organization myself but got involved in advantage okay like you was here advantage you need to go oh, ahead and go over stay. here and go to this program <laughs> that was okay. program <laughs> <laughs> that was 1825 yeah, i can that say marshall impacted group. my whole little lifespan <laughs> here i didn't got a they the reason i stayed in school okay yeah i've been i've been knowing you for a long time ain't it crazy don't say our ages. Uh, right. <laughs> I think they you. Know. I think they I saw you in my in my AOP when y'all advantage came to. That's crazy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you was the AOP. 
Look, let me turn my head. I don't know what y'all talking about. <laughs> What's some other stuff y'all that, that y'all think millennials should be focused on out here or really trying to? I think um, the biggest thing is leadership. Yeah. Like, yeah. with so many millennials trying to do their own thing and get their own direction, mm-hmm. we're not coming together the way we should as a united yes. front. Like, mm-hmm. for example, everybody feels they're right or has their own mm-hmm. idea of how something should be done. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily that anyone's wrong, but if we had a leader in one direction to go, mm-hmm. I feel like we'd be way more yeah. powerful if we tackled them step by step, mm-hmm. like we talked about earlier, rather than everybody going their own way. Mm-hmm. Kind of like silos. Yeah. We talk about that a lot in the workplace. It's just like people operate so much individually, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's like, if we could just come together, mm-hmm. we could solve that right. problem. Mm-hmm. You know, right. and then I think it goes back to the fear. I think some of us are scared to solve the problems. We afraid. Like I think and it's not a I don't yeah. think that it's like we wake up like I don't want I don't want to fix anything. I don't <laughs> think it's like that. But I think there is something in it because I know like even, you know, we could take it back to civil rights. I'm sure when they started, they didn't realize yeah. what them doing that mm-hmm. boycott mm-hmm. would lead to. But mm-hmm. when it happened, and you really could ride that bus and sit at that conference, right. <laughs> do I really want to go sit up? You know yeah, what I'm saying? Right. Like, it's, a, it's something that comes into that. So I definitely agree around, like, it's it's we need that leadership, but it's like I feel like people scared to take yeah. those strides because mm-hmm. it's like not a ball rolling. It's happening. Yeah, yeah. we know it's a picture bigger than us, mm-hmm. but I feel um, we don't know if other people will receive us. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to put myself out there, but – Social media is a big thing. Uh-huh. What if I don't get likes? What yeah. if I don't get people to attend my events? That's discouraging. So just remember our advantage day. We had three people in three the audience. People. <laughs> That's why we took it on tour. Well, you got to you be willing to take some some losses. Yeah, like out of absolutely. out of the losses, you're gonna learn. You know, you're gonna grow. And I think that um, our generation more than ever, we understand you're gonna take some nicks. Like you, mm-hmm. you're gonna fall down a few times. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's about sort of progressing and falling forward. Um, overall, though, I think we need more millennials in in in, uh, in the political sphere. Yes, I think we need to start yes, interjecting definitely. our ideas because, again, we're the only ones who really care about climate change. We're the ones who care about education. Like gun violence. We're the ones that believe in climate right. change. Like I feel this. like everybody else is just like, oh, just the status quo. They're fr- afraid yeah. to make that change. Mm-hmm. But I think for us, and you saw from the, the kids at um, that school in, in uh, Florida after that the, the shooting, mm-hmm. they stepped up and made change themselves. Like yeah. these were kids who stepped up. Went to went to vote, um, got involved in politics, and truly made some substance of change. And we got to do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We got to. I oh, agree. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think entrepreneurship isn't for everyone. Yeah. Like, talk about it. Okay, you can ring the bell. <laughs> <laughs> like, like everybody sees the freedom and yeah. the things it brings, but not everybody sees the journey. It's yeah. it's hard sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. And hard. if if you just want to be comfortable, knowing where your check coming day to day, then maybe you should just stay at your job because. Right. Entrepreneurship ain't always like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think we need to keep jobs anyway, something to fall back on. Yeah. And we're also we also need kind of like a consistent um, something, a schedule. You know what I'm saying? Like you say, like like a lot of times being free and wild, you just do whatever you want, and you're you're, you're forgetting your what your focus is. Right. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So I love leadership. I love community. But I think of some of our challenges. Or like a biggest challenge or what we should focus on would be just making sure we're fostering healthy and happy lives. You know what I'm saying? Like th- that what we're doing is coming from a good place mm-hmm. and from a great place that yes. we're not. It's not no animosity by mm-hmm. what I'm doing. And, mm-hmm. and I'm not regretting what I'm doing. Like I'm, it's from a healthy place. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So when, when age hits you and certain things like life happen, you're not. Like, oh, why me, Lord? Like, things happen. Right. It's yeah. going to happen. Yes. Life's going to happen. We're also going to get older. But we need to be accepting of ourselves mm-hmm. and the choices that we've made in our life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times, I, I think personally, we still struggle with that. Yes. So. I can agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I definitely I agree. agree. I think. And two, I don't know how involved. I mean, I feel like, and y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know how spiritual millennials are. Because that looks very different in different spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I do do believe that we do need to get to a space of that, mm-hmm. the goodness. Like, mm-hmm. I think we forget that in all of this. Like, yeah. people yeah. out here making moves and you doing X, Y, and Z. And you at the top, but your nose turned up at the mm-hmm. little bit. Yes. Yeah. You right. know what Absolutely. I'm saying? And I think that that's not healthy either. I don't, I don't care how many of us yeah. at the top, if we keep turning our nose because I'm not doing what you're doing, but I'm mm-hmm. still leading and living a healthy life. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Why we can't work together still, because I still, you know, mm-hmm. these people, every, all of us have a part in this to play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think we forget that as we get success, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, because, again, depending on who you are, your success might look different. Mm-hmm. So that goodness, I think millennials have a big mm-hmm. role to play in us getting back to that as a community, yeah. um, really being community focused in those type of things. And loving on each other, mm-hmm. like we have really forgot about we forgot that. <laughs> it's really, you know, where is the love? Okay. I play that all the yeah. time because I ask myself that all the time. Yeah. Where is the love? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and it's just like, mm-hmm. it's just like, like what's going on? Like, I mean, but I guess if you don't have it to give, you ain't, you know, you yeah. ain't got it. Yeah. So. And I think, I think I personally went through the, you know, feeling myself. My head was turned up. I went through that phase, and I think. It helped me to become aware of, you know, have that self-awareness about my flaws and just growing up because it helped me mature and to realize, okay, this is where I went wrong. This is what I need to fix going forward. Mm -hmm. So now it helped me mature into being able to do what I wanted to do for my end goal. Mm -hmm. And now I'm just watching more things manifest now that I've been able to humble myself. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think. My last thing here is I meant financial freedom, not freedom. I ain't went to a club in a while. So I, can't, <laughs> I can't get out. Financial <laughs> freedom, I yeah, only right. hope. Okay, <laughs> I, mean, like, I think that nose turn up come from you essentially trying to help mm-hmm. and somebody who won't listen or someone you couldn't help and, and you, you end like, up feeling like, wrong. yeah, you can't help. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't help them. They're mm-hmm. stuck. But my mom always told me if you give it, you can't be looking for nothing back. Yes. Yes. If you give it, you yeah. might get something, you yeah. might not. Absolutely. But you, mm-hmm. you got to just give. Yeah. One word that y'all think identifies the millennial experience. This is oh. gonna be fun. Mm. I do these in icebreakers at work. <laughs> <laughs> One, One word, word that you would say. You can think about it. Two seconds. One. Word. One. <laughs> right. Two. Okay. <laughs> Experimental. Prosperity. Revolutionizing. Ooh, innovative. That was. Oh, she really took my eyes. Was innovative. Um, <laughs> what she say? Revolution. I'll just say eager. Eager. Yeah. Marshawn, yeah. what was Hungry. yours? Phenomenal. Ooh. Okay, let's okay, mine. Game changing. That's two words. Right. right. <laughs> right. 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 Hashtag. Another hashtag. Just hyping it. See, that's the Ross wrong with y'all millennials. Changing the game. Moving the goalposts. So now we're going into my favorite part of the show because at the beginning, I always like to introduce my guests on how I know them to let people know this ain't fake. I don't just got people on my show that I don't have relationships with. Um, But this is y'all point now to just kind of let people know who y'all are. Because like I said on my first episode, I don't mess with regular people. Okay? (laughs) So I want to give y'all a chance to kind of go around the table, tell the audience who y'all are, what y'all out here doing. If y'all got anything coming up in your organization or anything like that, feel free to plug it. So whoever want to kick it off can. I guess I start. So, uh, again, this is Eric McLeod. I am a doctoral student right now with the University of Michigan Dearborn, focusing on organizational leadership with, with the, another focus on urban education. Um, I have a podcast called Can We Talk on Sunday. So Sundays from 1 to 2, so listen in on Podcast Detroit. Hey, also, <laughs> a certain organization a while ago called the Dream Deferred Project. We focus on 18 to 24-year-old young men in the city of Detroit, provide them with college access, workforce development, uh, we received a fifty thousand dollar grant from my brother's wow. keeper Ooh. about three years ago. Hey. Yeah, about three years ago. Uh, so we're still trying to do some work in the community um, and just make some positive change. Sound like grant writing over there? Okay. <laughs> right. 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 Gonna come right. see you. Yeah. Get the contact. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm Marshawn Pettis. I own an accounting firm on the east side of Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been doing this for about four years now. Uh, my focus is to help individuals, uh, nonprofit organizations, and small businesses grow. Um, and, you know, not just grow, but to reach whatever goals and stuff that they that they may have. I focus on um, building a better cash flow for people, um, minimizing their expenses and, you know, just helping them get to their, their dreams and their goals. I'm also a real estate investor. So I've nice. been buying stuff in Detroit that's been doing really, really well for me. <laughs> I, <believe> it. <laughs> so, uh, I, I advise all of you, if you have not yet, start buying, buying some of these houses, yeah, some of these buildings in Detroit. 
Shout out to the land bank. All right. (laughs) Um, My name is Katie Cox. I am a political organizer. I have a 501c3. I just became tax exempt, so I'm working on starting my first fundraiser, trying to get some grants. Um, But the focus of the organization is health awareness and prevention. So basically, uh, my entire mom's side has diabetes, and I basically started the organization to raise awareness about it. Um, And then to talk about other um, illnesses like mental health and just how to prevent and work with people who have these illnesses. Um, That's pretty much it. Awesome. Oh, it's on me. Hi, Spot. Um, I'm Dejanae Douglas. I own my own organization called I Care, which stands for Inspiring Change and Revolutionizing Education. I am a true crusader for education. I'm in a community. You can find me. If you need help with resources, go to iCareDetroit.com, and we can help you everything from CPR training to uh, resume building and career um, placement. Also, I'm on the board for the Young Democrats of Detroit, so DYD, next meeting April 14th, so feel free to come, Millennials. Also, another event that's coming up is the Millennial Roundtable with Councilman Rory McAllister, Jr. That's an awesome event if you guys want to continue this discussion outside this podcast. And the official launch party for our care is May 25th okay. at Northern Lights Lounge in Detroit. Come out, free food, giveaways. We out here, y'all. <laughs> hey, uh, my name is Greg Chase. Um, I am the CEO and founder of Hoop Run LLC. Um, it's a mobile platform for organizing recreational indoor basketball. Essentially, what does that mean is find somewhere to play basketball on your phone. Um, if you're not in a league or... A membership that's usually hard to do if any of you play basketball yourselves. Also, Hoop Run is a brand. We have a podcast as well every Thursday. Um, we sell merchandise and we also work in the communities too. We have a sponsorship going on right now to put on a camp for kids to make them better. So it's Hoop Run everything Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and hooprun.com to find any information or contact us. Your season dropped today, right? It dropped uh, last week. Last so it's episode two. You only missed one. Hey. Yeah, that's <laughs> that fire, Greg. <laughs> Check that out. I guess it's on me. <laughs> All right, now. My name is Jasmine King. Uh, right now, I am contracted as an education consultant. Over at John R. King, all right, DPS. So um, I work uh, in the schools with K through eight. Um, I assist most of the teachers, but I actually I do a lot of program development. So I create my own programs that I would like to see ran throughout DPS. Okay. So right now I'm trying to get started on my 501c3, which I got the name. I'll throw it out there. It's Right Brain Refining okay. Services. So like I like to uh, focus a lot on arts and creation um, for the youth. Because I think they're really creative and they just need another way to tackle that energy. So I would like to just get them involved in, like I say, programs. I mean, law enforcement programs, all kind of programs that I feel that um, our children are missing in our traditional school system. So that's what I would like to focus on. That's my big focus. Other than that, I'm just real chill, you know. Yeah, we out here. I'm just, y'all, my mom out here too. We out here, so. (laughs) Well, I want to thank y'all for joining me for episode two. I'm just excited about all the work that all of y'all are doing, you know. I'm always, oh my goodness, I'm like the biggest cheerleader on the sideline. I just love it. And we love you. (laughs) Thank you. you But I think it's so important for, you know, y'all to get these platforms, to let people know what y'all out here doing. And one of the biggest things that I always push is the network. I feel like every time people leave, out of the podcast is like you got another connection and mm-hmm. I think that's what it's really about us yeah. continuously building using what we got so we can get on and have our own shit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but thank y'all so much man um this is Kenya with podcast uh, number two politic him per usual catch y'all my next episode is not gonna be bi-weekly I'm coming back for 420 so catch Ooh. me podcast hey. I need to <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for tuning in.